0: Jackson Cloud, it's episode 100.
1: Ah! We've gone mad. Casey and I both went for the touchdown, <laughs> right? ones, Which was not. Planned. And I
0: went for insanity.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's episode 100, and we're celebrating because we are less than
0: 1 million subscribers away
1: from 1 million subscribers.
0: Yeah. Also, to the person who left a comment on one of our videos saying, "Get more subscribers." We're trying. So what you're saying is
1: they should subscribe right now. Hit that button. Okay, all right. We've never been
0: more youtube in our no, entire no. 100 <laughs> episodes. Uh, because we're less of a YouTube channel and more of a church. Join us on Discord to talk about today's episode, which feels uniquely Jamin to make the 100th episode about the, the Nephilim. Month. That's right. Alright, okay. Okay, I've spent a lot of time on this topic in my... Are you sure? Uh, are you sure you don't need to spend more time on this there topic? There are probably oh, few churches that talk
1: about the Nephilim as much as I bring it up. I mean, here's the thing. I learned about the Nephilim in while you were speaking and doing your thing. But then, like, it actually did show up in pop culture soon after that.
0: Oh yeah, it's in uh, your, what, Supernatural show mm-hmm. or something?
1: Yeah. Which so... is not based on the Bible. Even no. though it steals, you know,
0: from some the spiritual content.
1: world of the it has world. concepts just done in a the theatrical way. Yes, do well, not get your theology about demons from that show. Please. I haven't seen this show. <laughs> do I need to edit this out? <laughs> no. I mean...
0: Yes. So the Nephilim shows up in pop culture, uh, but we would just call it more or less giant. So. You can ask whatever questions you want. I will do my best to answer it. But the Nephilim are actually a big story throughout the Bible. And we've done an episode on the giants before. So this isn't entirely new on the cloud. But it'll be helpful since we're just moving through the book of Genesis right now to pause and acknowledge this because it plays a much bigger part in the Bible than a lot of people act like it does. So it starts in Genesis 6 where the sons of God have sex with the daughters of men and create the Nephilim, (laughs) which should catch you off guard if you're reading your Bible. And, And the funniest thing is how many people, it does not catch off guard, because we all read our Bible not paying attention to what we're reading. Like when was the first time you ever heard about the Nephilim? David and Goliath. Well, okay, but when was the first time anyone ever told you in church about the Nephilim?
1: Do you mean outside of Goliath? Yeah. Oh,
0: like Um, in a church, someone referenced the Nephilim, I think three to four years ago when you did,
1: (laughs) and it's in Genesis (laughs) six
0: and everybody who's been a Christian for a long time has tried at least (coughs) once to read the Bible straight through and quit when they got to Numbers or Leviticus. But (laughs) Genesis six is where this is. So most people have gotten that far and like. And then the sons of God had relations with the daughter, or whatever. you know, like, well, how do we okay. miss that? <laughs> well, the sons of God also, like, isn't talked about enough in the church for people it's to true. understand what that phrase means. So, it's like, true. a lot of people, I think, read that phrase and are like, oh, yeah, men sleeping with women. Yes. Next page. So we inherently think that it's sexism. Is that, like, <laughs> sons of God and then the daughters of men, you know, like, women are nowhere near as, like, Oh, Sons of God! Like, we're thinking sexism,
1: maybe? Well, I, Why doesn't it say
0: Sons of God and Daughters of God procreated to create more humans?
1: That would, I mean, make sense. But that, so is that what, wasn't where I was going.
0: Well, that is what many of us would feel, though. That was the first time I read it. I was like, okay, something weird's going on here. And then I immediately went to commentaries like, Oh, it just means that men slept with women and gave rise to... The Nephilim, which are just people. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't feel like it's what it says, but that feels like what I would expect the church to water it down to.
1: Well, and whenever it's also sons of something, like mm. I always go back to Narnia, which is the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. That like, has happened multiple times. Well, every time, show. right, every mm. time that is said in a phrase, unless it's singular, son of God, mm. but whenever it's plural, I go back to Narnia because. It's, it was read to me many times when I was a child, and so it's stuck in my head now. Well,
0: also part of the reason we think Sons of God are humans is because of the New Testament, right? Where Sons of God are who?
1: Us. Humans.
0: Us. That's not what that term is used for in the Old Testament. And that actually teaches some very powerful theology. The idea is, in the Old Testament, whenever you see the term Sons of God, we are almost always talking about spiritual beings. But because of Jesus and because we're way later than the Old Testament, like we automatically hear sons of God, like, yes, I am a child of God, right? We are not thinking differently. So when Jesus comes along, he's like, you want to know who the real sons of God are. It's not the like uh, unpeaceful, violent, Nephilim type. people that you're thinking of, the real sons of God, as Jesus says in the beatitude, are the peacemakers, human beings who pursue peace. You want to be a son of God? Do this. So sons of God in the Old Testament, spiritual beings, sons of God in the New Testament are humans who are the replacement plan. (laughs) Like There are lots of fallen spiritual sons of God. God is now adopting in the earthly family to replace them. So when we follow Jesus.
1: So it's the insurance policy.
0: Well, I wouldn't demean us to that level. (laughs) No, it's more like, look, humans follow God. And if you do that, part of the promise (laughs) as to who you will become is a powerful spiritual being of heaven and a resurrected body who will take on this immortal physical body to live in the new heavens and new earth, operate in God's divine council, being shored with power to reign over the earth. Like, that's a call. All that being said, sons of God in the Old Testament being spiritual beings, Genesis is like, and those spiritual beings came and had sex with human beings and created the Nephilim, which was a giant race, not like large, like giants (laughs) giants in the Bible. The only measurement we have of Goliath, um, which in most people's Bibles say is like 10 foot or so, but we found more versions of older versions of the Bible, older manuscripts since then and the Dead Sea Scrolls, which says he was about six foot something. So most scholars would say six foot six ish was like the, um, the more accurate reading of how tall Goliath was. So I guess like the rock, you know, we're thinking, I don't know how tall well, the rock is, but.
1: <laughs> well, cause like we've found throughout history that people have actually been getting bigger as time has gone on. Yes. And I think
0: statistically, I think research showed that like people at the time were smaller. So like a giant six foot six would look even bigger. If, yours, if everyone was like four foot four foot five or five five small five ish you know yeah. like we would all feel like hobbits in comparison, so needless to say, um the giants are then a part of the reason that the world needs to be flooded because we've got like this quasi divine race of sorts. It's not supposed to be there. they're the children of angels, and
1: I have another question, yeah so. Could, part of the reason we've been getting bigger is because Nephilim DNA has been spread throughout the genealogies of history.
0: I have no idea. Okay. There was a book I was reading that was talking about um, the possibility that the way that Nephilim are like uh, described in like Akkadian literature is like over time they're like losing their Nephilimness, <laughs> You're like 50% Nephilim, you know, like in the same way that someone could be 6% Cherokee, but by the time they keep having children, it could still much do of the Cherokee is gone, right? I was told I was 6% Cherokee, that's why I use that. Then I found out I'm not Cherokee at all, and I was lied to.
1: Do you want to follow up that question? <laughs> um, No. Well, I mean, that was just a thought that crossed my head. Well,
0: it's obviously a thought anyone's going to think. If they're giants and they're like not just staying limited to the giant race, then is there giant DNA in us today? I don't have an answer to that. There is nothing scientifically that says we do. Um, uh, but throughout the Bible, the giants take on different names. the Zamzumim, the Mem, the Anakim, uh, which are the sons of Anak, uh, which eventually get to, um, the giants exist well into the time of David with Goliath and Ishbi Banab and Lamid, Goliath's brother. Like we have more giants going on. Where does Goliath live? He's with the Philistines. The Philistines weren't giants. So it would be a logical conclusion to possibly even think the Philistines are like, in many ways, following Goliath. Like, hey, this guy's a descendant of spiritual beings. We should, uh, you know, make him a leader of some sort. Um, It would make sense for them to... I wouldn't be surprised if he slept with Philistines, to say the least, and had his own children, right? Um, likewise, the only places, if you read very carefully throughout the Old Testament, the only places you were supposed to wipe out, uh, in holy war were places where giants were, and they weren't always living among just giants. Sometimes they were living among like the Amorites, things like that. So like you would probably imagine that giants living amongst human clans are probably like well-privileged and probably having children, so on and so forth. So needless to say, you're wondering if there could be giant blood. From a cultural, biblical standpoint, you would think probably. From a scientific standpoint, there is nothing that distinguishes it. So...
1: That was just a thought that I had because I don't think that had been discussed. Well,
0: everyone's going to wonder all these questions. So what other questions do we have? Because we have talked about the giants before. Go check out our video if you want to see like their whole biblical story. But they show up, Old Testament, and then the remembrance of them and how they've impacted the world shows up in the New Testament. Possibly all the way into like Revelation. Like, There's a part that in Revelation that talks about how it pictures all the new sons of God. Of heaven, like the human beings who have died are called virgins, <laughs> which is weird because first off it's weird. But secondly, because I'm pretty sure they weren't virgins. <laughs> like every Christian who's died and gone to heaven was a virgin. I don't think so. A lot of people would relate this to like Holy Wars that when you were going into Holy war, you weren't supposed to, um, have sex with your spouse beforehand. Uh, so they're like, so they're being practicing virginity as they well first off, that's not what virginity is. <laughs> they're still not virgins because they didn't have sex in the last week, right? Instead, what if the Bible is picturing the sons of God of the Old Testament like gave away their, Like, they crossed the line sexually. They crossed sexual boundaries they were not supposed to be crossing. Revelation may be saying the sons of God of the New Testament, the Christians who have died and gone to heaven to be with God, they're virgins. They haven't crossed the inappropriate sexual lines that the old sons of God did. So, there is that possibility that, like, all the way to the end of the Bible, that the giants are still being remembered or the sons of God of, that created the giants are still being remembered. So a lot of the things that we have to go off of with giants are some of it's found in the Bible, uh, but a lot of it's found in other Jewish literature like Enoch, uh, which we've talked about before. It's not biblical literature, but it informs biblical literature. The people who wrote your Bible clearly read Enoch because they reference it nearly quoting it sometimes Um, actually in some orthodox churches I think Enoch is considered biblical canon so like (laughs) to some extent people are like divided on it across the gamut of Christianity but Enoch goes on to like it it goes on to um, try to imagine what life would have been like in Genesis 6 so it's all about Enoch from Genesis 5 or 6. Do you guys remember that guy? Enoch in Genesis 5-ish says that he just went to be with God. God took him. Like he never died or something. He just went to heaven to be with God. It's the weirdest story. Like I want to do a whole episode on Enoch, but biblically we ain't got nothing. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) then there was Enoch and he walked with the Lord and God took him. Okay, you wanna explain that, right? So Enoch is like pseudo literature. In other words, like it's, it's not written by Enoch. It was written much later from someone trying to like imagine what life was like in Enoch's world, which to us feels, we think of that as like a, I don't know, it's like writing historical fiction is how we think of it, right? I think that would
1: be considered historical.
0: Fan fiction. Right. So we think of (laughs) historical fan fiction today. Well, then you're thinking like, you know, Abraham Lincoln versus
1: (laughs) the vampires.
0: Right. So it's not to that level. Essentially, like in their time, they occasionally wrote literature that was like, let's write as though we are that person living in that time. But we're also trying to communicate like spiritual truth at the same time so that's what like Enoch is it's like we're trying to communicate truth using mythology of sorts just like we do today like Tolkien or Narnia Narnia is trying to communicate spiritual truth but doing it through a lens of of fiction in this case he's not historical fiction though Tolkien,
1: <laughs>
0: Tolkien gets to the point where we're like did this happen <laughs> like it's so detailed is he no. looking into another
1: universe no he creates his own history <laughs> yeah to the
0: but like that's that's kind of what they do so they look at enoch there's a little bit said about him they imagine what life would have been like and they write about it and when they do that the spiritual things that they try to communicate is like first off Maybe the world wasn't just flooded because humanity got so bad, but maybe, you know, the giants were a part of the reason that things were flooded. Uh, The giants would have been oppressive. They uh, would have been, um, their parents were spiritual beings. And therefore, all the spiritual things that we know that are wrong were probably taught to us by those spiritual beings so angels have sex create nephilim teach their offspring about occult about magic about how to read the stars about astrology about the use of herbs about all these things that humans don't know that angels do know and they teach humanity forbidden wisdom and then we start using it, though God never wanted us to know it. Never even perhaps wanted the angels to know some of this stuff. And now everything's just messed up. And this would be like a part of their thinking of like why we don't mess around with magic and astrology and all these things. Not because it's stupid. (laughs) Like the Bible's not like, don't break the law with magic or or we'll kill you because it's stupid. Like (laughs) their idea is like, don't mess around so with not this. not a 12-year-old troll? No. No, they're not, they're not thinking like
1: magic. I don't like it. It's
0: stupid. Yeah. It's not like magic's stupid. <laughs> Stay away from it. It's, look, this stuff was not for us to know. We are not supposed to mess around with this or commune with these spirits. We are just to follow God. So don't mess around with that stuff. That's a serious offense. You might die if you do that. That's where the law goes with it. And so the jews later go there with it too like this stuff was forbidden to us we weren't supposed to know it where did we learn it from Uh, the sons of god taught it to their giant children who taught it to us (laughs) um it sounds strange to our ears but it does make a kind of spiritual sense like you could see why someone might write that down um and then they just continue to tell the story of of uh, the giants through what is pseudo-apocalyptic literature. Pseudo, not written by Enoch, written by someone pretending to be Enoch. Apocalyptic, because it's trying to reveal the spiritual world through its writing. And if you ever read the book of Enoch, it would sound very much like revelation. (laughs) So John has clearly read apocalyptic literature before, because for me, like I was always like, Revelation this is the only book out there like this. No, no, no. <laughs> Read Enoch, you're like, wait, did John just borrow from this all the time? Because this feels really familiar. Anyways, um, Enoch goes on to say that sons of God were sent to spiritual prison for their sins. And then these sons of God were like, ask God to forgive us, Enoch. Can you go to heaven and ask him and then come back and tell us what he says? Enoch goes like, they'd like to be forgiven. God's like, nope. <laughs> so he goes back to the sons of God in prison. They're like, nope, you have to pay for your sins. God has already... Decided judgment upon this. So Enoch goes back. He's like, sorry. not." I don't know if he says, sorry (laughs) He just goes back like no God has decided that like this one this won't be forgiven You will pay for your judgment. You're stuck here in chains until that time comes To which the New Testament will say that they're still in chains that Jesus when he died went to speak to them while they were in chains and basically was another Enoch figure basically like The way that we hear it is he ministered to spirits in prison, but the idea is he proclaimed the spirits in prison Jesus dies. He goes into the underworld He goes specifically to Tartarus this place where the sons of God have been locked up in chains and tells them Proclaims to them in other words, just like Enoch did this. I'm doing it too. Your judgment is still fit you thought you beat me you thought that by killing me on a cross and bringing me into the underworld that you won that you might you know overthrow the true son of god but i'm here to tell you little sons of god nope your judgment's still on then he yoinks the keys of death and just leaves and goes back to earth and then leaves earth and goes back to heaven it's like the most B.A. part of the Bible ever. Like, it makes me. I'm sorry, but it is the coolest part of the Bible ever. Just imagine Jesus dying, going to the underworld, like, we beat you, did you? <laughs> Yoink, peace! <laughs> and then goes back to Earth. We beat you, did you? yoink peace <laughs> it just keeps going back up wait what did he yoink from I, I don't know I don't have a theological implication but it's just so cool he descends to ascend again twice in a row like this is just so cool and then when he descends next time he's creating the new heavens and new earth which is basically ascending everything into the heights of what it was called to be shivers you feel that you feel the holy (laughs) shivers right now that's our next shirt holy shivers (laughs) I'm sure many of you have questions and a great way to get them answered is by joining the discord
1: and asking them
0: so do that or leave a comment below we'd be happy to chat about it Uh, and then if you really want to see more of how this is all painted in the Bible, check out our episode, linked up at the top at the end of this video, about the giants, and you can uh, uh, see biblically where they're showing up all throughout the Old Testament. With that being said, episode 100, baby! We did it! Yeah! Unless you're on the podcast. We don't put the games on there, so you're on like episode 70-ish. It's cool. You can celebrate with us, too. And now we shall join Jesus and yoink out of here as well.